0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. This last lesson, we're going to talk about the power that's in the unseen realm and how God's made power available to us. And there's counterfeit power and there's real power. So, as I was preparing for this, I just, my prayer to God was, you know, just show me the best way to bring this out uh, because. Um, you know, we just wanna know the truth, right? If you're coming to church, you just wanna know what does the Bible say? What does the Bible teach? And I thought I'd begin with this uh, survey. This is Barna Group, which is very accurate. And here's what they they said. From 2000 to 2020, practicing Christians declined from 45% to 25%. That's a huge gap. I know COVID was in there, but it was falling before COVID. Practicing Christian is someone that goes to church and someone that reads their Bible, right? Uh, So that's quite a drop, right? And it goes on to say, while non-Christians or agnostics rose from 20% to 30% or 32%. And and so those are just people that say, I'm not a Christian um, or I just don't believe in God one way or another, right? And that's pretty high. So that's the culture you and I are living in right now. And here's what you want to understand when we're in a culture like this, whether it's Christians who just don't know what the Bible teaches, or it's people that just don't know anything about the Bible that aren't Christians. Guys, here's a verse, and we've read it before for other reasons, but let's read it again, Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen. When people do not accept divine guidance... They run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. This is one of those Proverbs where the last part lets you know what the first part is. But I'm reading a paraphrase, so they kind of gave it away the way they paraphrased it. But they did a really great job with the Hebrew. Uh, Divine guidance is what we find in the Bible, right? And if we don't know what the Bible teaches, we can run wild in different areas of our life. So the Bible is kind of like guardrails, right? It's just like guardrails, and it keeps us... uh, on track, And if we don't know what it says, this world will pull us off. And so we're not bad. We just don't know what the Bible says, right? So it will do its best to pull us off. So this is true morally, but it's also true with supernatural things. And so if we don't know what the Bible says is wrongs, with the counterfeit, the evil supernatural, we might think it's good, right? We might dabble in it and it can really bite our lives and hurt us really, really bad, right? So that's what we're gonna talk about today. And, and again, I was just trying to paint a picture for you with culture. And and so I had an idea and I looked it up. Here's the number one, number one spiritual show, guys, out there. It's called Stranger Things. And it's not super bad because uh, here's the gist of the show. Uh, there's a bunch of young kids in a town, right? And... Uh, uh, there 's this evil supernatural on scene that 's beginning to appear in the town and then there 's a girl that 's uh, on the good side, but she has powers and her powers you know have to defeat uh, the you know the bad powers so it just makes you aware that there 's a supernatural right and, and so in that sense it 's not bad it 's not biblically accurate uh, but but here 's one that 's not so good and you might not agree at first, but it's called Charmed. It's the number three show, by the way. And it's a remake of the 90s, Charmed. And these are three sisters who are good witches, right? But according to the Bible, there's not such a thing as a good witch. But that's, again, something we're going to learn as we go through today. And so I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying, hey, witchcraft is really, it will open the door to evil and, and evil spirits in your life. So that's why you want to know what the Bible teaches about it. So in preparing for this, I, I, I sought out a really good book. Some, I asked some people, they told me, this is a really good book. And it's called Playing With Fire. And uh, it's Billy Hollowell. And so since Halloween's tomorrow, just remember Billy Halloween, if you go home and say, what was that book? It's by Billy Hollowell, And uh, it's talking about playing around with the evil powers, right? But it also deals with the real powers. And, and I thought he did an, an exceptional job. It's a it's a really well-received book out there in the Christian community, and it really is helpful. So if you want to learn more, like I, I said earlier, I'm going to go about 30 minutes, 32 minutes. So if you're hungry for more, that's a great book to read. So I have a big idea for this lesson. It's what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever, and it goes like this. God gave us his power to navigate in this hour. And I know it's cliche. I know, I know. But it just makes so much sense because as we walk through life, we need to draw the good power, the Holy Spirit power, to really navigate in this time, in this culture that we live in. Because the culture, guys, doesn't understand God. The culture has a lot of craziness in it, a lot of fear out there, a lot of anxiety. And we just need to know how to draw off the power of God. So that's what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. I want to do my best to give you directions. I'll give you some other cool books. But guys, it's fun to walk through life and just watch God do what only God can do. And one of the ways God works in my life every week is he will put someone on my heart to pray for. And and I'll just, I'm not even thinking about them. And all of a sudden, their face or their name will pop up in me, and I have no idea what's going on in their life. But I just begin to pray. And then later on I hear they tell me, man, this was going on. I asked them when. And I realized that's when God had me and probably others pray for him, right? But here's a mistake you don't want to make. If God puts somebody on your heart, don't go up to them and say, Are you okay? What's going on in your life? God's put me on your God's put you on my heart to pray for. Because I have people look at me, that will happen, and they, they treat me like I'm a sinner, you know, like i 'm not sinning okay i 'm sure he wants you to pray for something else right that 's going to happen or has happened in my life so uh, but but pray that 's just one way, but recently, I prayed for a person, and uh, they just wanted some prayer, and as I prayed for him i I just saw inside I just knew inside something going on in their life that they hadn 't shared with me, and I was able to speak to it and speak life to it and it 's just amazing to watch people just Uh, be impacted by what you say or what you pray over them. And God wants to do that for you, for your kids, for your loved ones. He wants to just be pulling that Holy Ghost power into your lives. And so here's another poll. I thought this was fascinating. A recent CBS News poll found that 64% of Americans believe in the devil. I would have thought it was way lower because of how many people aren't practicing Christianity. Or That's high, right? Um, with 59% also believing that the mind or the body could be taken over by Satan or demons, that's high. But I don't know how many of you are my age, I, I remember seeing The Exorcist and that freaked me out. I couldn't sleep for a couple weeks after seeing The Exorcist. I, I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know what the Bible taught. And I just thought, that is one crazy, scary movie, right? But now it's popular, they're everywhere. and so a lot of people believe in it but they don't understand anything about it. So I thought I'd open up with a couple cool verses. Uh, the first one's Jesus, and it's Mark 123 suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out. Can we stop for a minute? Synagogue was Jewish church. There was a demon-possessed person in church. Can you believe that? Never would happen at believers. All right, verse 24. Here here we go, here we go. Uh, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So just stop there. Keep that up for a moment, guys. Um, Evil spirits you know, they knew who Jesus was because they, they could see inside the body. So Jesus is the God who always existed, who created all things, came into a human body. So they're not just seeing his outside. They they see his spirit. They know this is the son of God in the flesh. And so it's freaking this demon out because he's thinking, you're eventually going to throw us into the lake of fire. But Jesus, that's supposed to be in the future. Did you come early to, to throw me in the lake of fire? So he's all nervous about it. In verse 25, and this is in church, remember that, but Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet, come out of the man he ordered. At that, the evil spirit screamed threw the man into a convulsion and then came out of him. How many of you would agree that'd be really weird to see in church? It really would. Um, and then verse 27, amazement gripped the audience and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority Even evil spirits obey his orders. So they believed and knew of evil spirits in Bible days. In verse 28, the news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. And why not? I mean, they're seeing things that they've never seen before and not in that way supernatural things. And so these demons have existed, right? I want to show you another one, and I have a purpose for this one, uh, and we'll get to it. We'll just read some verses, and it's fascinating. Acts nineteen thirteen: A team of itinerant Jews who were traveling from town to town casting out demons planned to experiment by using the name of the Lord Jesus. The incarnation they decided on was this. I adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches to come out, so keep that up a moment. and Let me just tell you what's happening here. Back in Bible days, these were not Christian Jews. They had not accepted Jesus, but they knew evil spirits existed, so they had exorcists among them. That, you know, just like the Catholic Church, they have a, a whole team of exorcists. If someone's possessed, they will send those guys in. The Jewish people were doing the same thing, right? And so they just recognized it. They knew what it was. They knew that it was there. And so they saw Paul, and here's Paul, He's going up to someone like Jesus did, and he's saying, come out. And in a second, they come out. It's taking them hours. That's what historians said. It would take them hours to try to get a demon out of someone. And they said, he does it in seconds. Let's just use the name of Jesus because there's such power with the name. So that's what's happening, guys. And, you know, I, my first time I ever dealt with someone that was possessed, and I won't bore you with the whole story, but, You know, someone brought me this guy. They wanted me to minister to him. I'm like 26 years old. And uh, I I was praying over him, and then this demon just starts speaking out of him. And my hair on the back of my head went, it was crazy. And I thought, is this guy playing with me, right? But three hours later, he was not playing with me. And I couldn't get the demon to leave, but I had a mentor in town. And then uh, he kind of knew... That I needed, needed help, but God made me wait three hours. I don't know why. And so then, then, he, then he came over, and in a second, he said, come out, and the guy was totally free. I, and, and so at that point, I realized I don't understand how much power is in the name of Jesus, right? And so I learned more, and the second time, I was fine. But guys, uh, and it, it's only happened two times. So uh, listen to verse 14. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, were doing this, But when they tried it on a man possessed by a demon, the demon replied, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? And he leaped on two of them and beat them up so that they fled out of his house naked and badly bruised. And that would be crazy to see, right? So they weren't Christians, so they can't use the name of Jesus. And even I, until I learned about it in Bible school, but I still had to have, you know, I had to have confidence in it because it didn't work for me the first time I used it. But guys, that's amazing. So you might ask the question. I'm thinking you may ask this question. Why don't we see more of this in America? Because if you've ever been on a missions trip, you will see it in third world countries. And here's why you don't see more in America. In third world countries, um, they are open to witchcraft and the black arts. And when you do, that opens you up to literally demon possession. Eventually, it can open you up to it. So that's why you see more in the third world because they practice those things so much. And I believe in America, we may see more, right? But we don't have to be afraid of it. We, we understand what it is, and it's not gonna hurt us, right? So uh, listen to verse 17. The story of what happened spread quickly. All through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike and a solemn fear descended on the city and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Why? When Paul used the name, it worked. When these guys used the name, it didn't. And they, they just, they realized, man, that name is powerful and what Paul's preaching is true. But here's the reason I read all this, right? Verses 18 and 19. Many of the believers who had been practicing black magic confessed their deeds and brought their incarnation books and charms and burned them. At, the pub, at a public bonfire. Someone estimated the value of the books at $10,000, approximately 3,500 pounds. This indicates how deeply the whole area was stirred by God's message. And here's why I read it. Uh, we're not having a bonfire tonight, so take a deep breath, all right? We're not gonna, we're not gonna have you bring all your Halloween things and, and uh, your Easter bunnies and everything else, right, and, and burn them, your Ouija boards and everything, right? Uh, no, no, but, but guys, I really believe there's some of you listening, maybe online, maybe TCI, maybe here in the room, that you love God so much, but you didn't know what was right and wrong. And I believe after, as we walk through this lesson, you're gonna say, you know what, I'm not gonna toy with that because the source is evil spirits. That's why God says don't toy it. I'm not opening my life up to it. So I really believe, and all you have to do is throw it in the garbage and that will work, right? You don't have to uh, have a bonfire out in your yard and call the neighbors over, right? So guys, guys listen to this. The counterfeit can look good, and do good, but its source is evil. And that's what you want to understand about the king, the, the, the counterfeit. Um, and here's how the devil works with people, all right? Just give you some psychology here. About 10% of people like it crazy, right? Just 10%. And so the devil will work with them where he, he'll say, hey, there's a book of Satan, read the Bible of Satan, right? And then worship me and sacrifice some animals. 10% of our population says that's what they need, right? It's like, oh, okay. And 90% of us, that doesn't work, right? So what does he do? He appears good. He just appears good. And he makes it look okay. And that's how the majority of us are, right? And uh, so listen, we read this before for another reason, but 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. 14, no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Verse 15. Uh, Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. And notice that first part. He he appears as an angel of light or good, right? And so contextually, we're talking about false apostles preaching a wrong gospel. But guys, this is true with any of the supernatural. The enemy is going to sometimes make bad look good. And what's he trying to do? Hook us, pull us in. And, and guys, people run wild when they don't know what the Bible says. So that's why we want to know what the Bible says. So we have those guardrails and we know, hey, that's not something we should dabble with, right? And so can I show you what the Bible teaches on this subject, Deuteronomy 18.9? When you enter the land that God, your God, is giving you, don't take on the abominable ways of life of the nations there. Don't you dare sacrifice your son or your daughter in the fire. Hard to believe anybody would ever do that, right? That's how evil they became. Don't practice divination, sorcery, fortune-telling, witchery or witchcraft, verse 11, casting spells, Holding seances. And my brothers and I, we would do seances when we were little. My mom and dad didn't know any better, right? They didn't know what the Bible taught. So we had a lot of seances. I can't say anything really ever happened. But, um, or channeling with the dead. People who do these things are an abomination to God. You know what the word abomination means? He doesn't like it, right? But uh, relax. Do you know what else is an abomination in the Bible? Gossip. So <laughs> just a, hey, praise God. All right, here we go. It just means he doesn't like it, right? It's because of just such abominable practices that God, your God, is driving these nations out before you. And so the Bible teaches us that God had a legal right to give that land to Israel because he said that they were so sinful, these people, that the land was going to spoo them out anyway. And so that was his legal right. But I read this just to say, guys. This is our guardrails. The New Testament talks about the Old Testament. Listen to verse 13. Be completely loyal to God, your God. These nations that you're about to run out of the country consort with sorcerers and witches, but not you. God, your God forbids it. Why? Because the power is on the evil side that we talked about in lesson two, the devil and all his helpers, right? I like Isaiah eight nineteen. Someone may say to you, let's ask the mediums and those who consult uh, the spirits of the dead uh, with their whisperings and mutterings, they will tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? Should the living seek guidance from the dead? And there are so many people that think nothing of going to a medium. And again, it's not their fault. They don't know what the Bible teaches. So for some of you, you might just say, I'm gonna change that. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna do it different. And I'm hoping this message has that kind of impact. So I just wanted to make sure we all knew what the bad things are, that the devil's kind of working. Sometimes he makes them look really good. But can we talk about the good things now? God, God gave us his power to navigate in this hour. So we wanna we'll talk about the good things. And I wanna read a verse too. It's a powerful verse. Acts two seventeen and 18. In the last days, God said... I will pour out my Holy Spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men dream dreams. And, and I've been dreaming some dreams, so that means I'm, I'm old. And uh, a vision is like a dream when you're up, right? And I'm not having those anymore. Verse 18, uh, yes, the Holy Spirit shall come upon, notice the phrase, the Holy Spirit shall come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they shall prophesy. This is a promise made to everybody. The last days are referring to Uh, when Jesus was resurrected all the time, wait till he comes back. So we're kind of in the last part of the last days, but he talks about the Holy Spirit coming upon us. So uh, I'm gonna share something with you. Many of you have heard it. I'm gonna abbreviate it quite a bit, Um, but just to make us more hungry for it. And then some, you may be hearing it for the first time. So uh, guys, every other service gave me a good answer. Let's see if you'll give me a good answer. Can Can you all agree, can all of us agree that Pastor Joe's not weird. Can we agree that I'm not weird? Can you just, yeah. yeah, thank you, thank you. Had a few people play with me and say no in a couple of services, but the majority said yes, right? So no one's ever gonna, if, if you introduce me to your family, they're not gonna walk away saying I'm weird. If I teach a subject like this, people will not walk out saying I'm weird. They might not understand it. They might've heard it for the first time. It might make them think, but they're not gonna say I'm weird, right? I'm not up here doing anything weird. But let me tell you a story and most of you know, I accepted Christ, you know, and it was very very quick, very supernatural, but I had a man witness to me for three months. He called me one day, said, turn the TV on. I knelt down, I prayed, I accepted Jesus. And and then he gave me a Bible, and I thought I should read this. I had never read the Bible in my life, right? And I went to Catholic church, and there probably were some great homilies, but I daydreamed through all the homilies. I was just thinking, what am I gonna eat when I get home, right? And I had a lot of daydreams, right? And and so, um, uh, you know, now I listen in messages. But but guys, um, I never read the Bible. That's all I want you to know from that. But I opened the Bible Lou gave me, and, and I played Bible roulette, and I opened to First Corinthians 12. Can you imagine that? I never read it in my life, never heard it read. Um, and, and I read 1 Corinthians 12, which talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit and speaking with other tongues. And I have the King James Version. And then I read chapter 13 about love. And then I read chapter 14. And then I couldn't stop reading 12, chapter 12 and th- Fourteen. I just kept reading them and reading them and reading them, and I remember this like it was yesterday. I remember saying, "God, remember, I just met God. I don't even know how to pray. I didn't pray in the name of Jesus. I didn't know anything about God at all." I said, "God, I don't know what these are, but I want them. I don't know why the hunger. I guess the Holy Spirit put in me. I'm like, I want these." And later that night, Lou came up to work out. He was late, and I pulled him in my office and I said. Uh, I showed him, I said, what are these other tongues? He goes, we can talk about it another time. He wouldn't tell me. So he, he's working out and then he's showering and I'm pacing in my office, guys. And here, here, I'm, not, I'm not exact, I'm just saying, God, I want these tongues. I just, I couldn't get off of it. I want these other tongues. I want these other tongues. I didn't even know the verse in Acts I just read that the Holy Spirit would fall upon. I knew nothing, just what I read in chapters 12 and 14. I said, I want these. And guys, it was the craziest thing. I mean, you can't make this up. I didn't know what it was, so it was scary, but the power of God fell on me, like he said in Acts 2, but I didn't know what it was, and I started to fall, so I grabbed the counter, and then I heard words in my head that I never spoke, and I felt a pressure here, and finally I let it go, and I began to pray in other tongues. And and I was more scared than anything. I drove home that night from Boardman to Howland, where I lived, and I prayed in in tongues and prophesied all the way home. And I went to bed scared. I was scared out of my mind. I did not know what happened. And of course, over time, I figured it out. I figured it's biblical, but I didn't didn't know at first. And so about a year later, I'm starting to figure it out and I'm working another job. We sold our business and I'm getting ready for Bible school. And a vendor came in. And he witnessed to me to accept Jesus. And, and I, I, I smiled. I said, I, I did a year ago. And I told him how I met Jesus. And he was so excited. He goes, oh, brother, it's good to meet you. And then like, a, you know, like a, a guy like me. And then I told him how, yeah, the same day I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And I told him the story I just told you. And he's like this. He goes, that's of the devil. The devil gave you those other tongues. And now I'm freaking out even more. I'm like, the devil gave it to me. And I'm never quick on, guys, I'm not quick on my feet. Uh, I would be the worst political debater on the planet. You give me time and I will I can beat anybody, but I need time, right? I just don't, it doesn't come to me quick, but I didn't know it at the time, but God gave me something for this man. And and I said, well, wait a minute. You're telling me I just accepted Christ. I'm a new Christian. And then I opened his book. I read 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. and 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 then I said to God, I want this. And he allowed the devil to give it to me. I said, "If that's God, I said, there's something wrong with God. Why would he allow the devil to give me something that's in his book? And I'm, I'm telling you, here's what happened. a-ba-da, and he took off. I never saw him again. He sent other vendors in, right? Uh, and, and I'm just a dumb little new Christian, but that God gave me that to give him. Guys, it's real, and, and, and one of the goals of my lesson today is just to make some of you more hungry for it, and some of you have it just to make you use it, right? Um, listen to 1 Corinthians 12:4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. so there's nine of them, right? You can read this this week, I'll give you a good book. Well, I'll tell you about a good book right now. I didn't put it in my presentation, but uh, I just as I was preparing for this about a a week ago, I thought. I am going to look for another good book. And I, and I found one of, uh, one of the guys we've had in here a couple of times, his name's Rick Renner and him and I went to the same church when I was in Bible school. He pastors an incredible church in Moscow. So if you ever wanna to listen to him online, he really understands what's happening in Ukraine. And uh, he's just fun. And he's a teacher's teacher. But he, he wrote a book called The Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'm on chapter four and, I, and I, it's just amazing. If you wanna learn more about it, that would be a great book. Listen to verse seven, 1 Corinthians 12, seven. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. God gave us his power to navigate in this hour. And so it's it's for the common good. It's to help us. I believe it's meant to help us more outside the four walls than inside the four walls. And so in case you're new here, uh, you know, the first 20 some years, 23, 24 years that we were at church, at the end of worship, you know how I come out and pray? I'd come out and I and I'd pray, but I say, let's just wait on the Holy Spirit, because I read 1 Corinthians 12, 14. So let's see if he has anything to say. And then folks would speak out, someone would speak in tongues, someone would interpret, someone would prophesy. But I never could get it to work um, where it had power, like it really did something. Every now and then, 95% of the time it didn't do anything. Uh, because the people were just saying maybe what God was speaking to them. Then you had a couple people that wanted to take over the service, and so then you had to deal with them every week. And uh they wanted this, you know, a spotlight. And and so I remember talking with our first worship leader. He was here twenty-five years, and, and we would talk sometimes about this, and and we had this incredible worship, and then s- this would happen at the end, and then it was like a cold bucket of water was thrown on it. And we're, we tried everything. At one point, poor Pastor Bill, I said, hey, "Pastor Bill has a mic. If you have something that the Spirit wants you to say, come ask him. He'll tell you if it's God." Can you imagine the pressure I put on Pastor Bill? Uh, but he's such a he's such a good soldier, and uh, he's an amazing man. And and but then people stopped coming to him, so I just couldn't get it to work. And and so I'm frustrated, and I'm praying, and I'm saying, God. If I don't think there's power in it, what are our visitors thinking? What are the, all the Christians thinking? That the, They're saying there's just no umph to it, right? What's going on, Lord God? And so uh, I don't know what to do. And then I met a new friend. I was at a pastor's conference. And we're talking. He just obtained his Masters of Divinity. So I, I thought, that's great. I'm not thinking about this subject. And I said, well, what was, what was your dissertation in, right? He said, my dissertation was 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. And and I lit up. I said, no way. I said, I have questions that I need answers to. And I told him everything I just shared with you. And he smiled. He said, well, he said, I studied all the history of the early church. He said, and, and, you know, I don't want to bore you with all that, but, He said, here's what's happening. He said, they did it in smaller groups. You can't do it in a large group. There's no way to control it. I said, I know. I can't control it. I want it. I'm really hungry for God. But I I saw it wasn't controlled. So what we did is we decided, let's put it into uh, connect groups. Because he said in Bible days, they did it in small house groups. That's where the Bible's talking about. And in the bigger service, you can do special services, but to do it every week is just, it's just, you can't control it, right? And it's not the right atmosphere. So I learned all that. So we have prayer groups here that are amazing. We have a Saturday morning prayer group. I led it for, I think, 15 years or so, but I gave it over to Brent Mager, one of the guys in our church, and he's doing a better job than I did with it. We have daytime ones during the day. Uh, Uh, we we just have all kinds of things you can get into. But I believe God wants it to work more through the week as you go through the week. But last year, guys, this is so cool. Uh, This year, actually, it was in in the beginning of this year, we did a special meeting. And it was a worship night, but I brought a guy in that operates in the prophetic, right? And his name's Alan, and uh, he pastors in Mississippi. But I asked him to come up, and I was sitting right in the front. And you know as a pastor, you know what's going on in a lot of people's lives and you're praying for them. And he didn't know one person in our church, never met anybody. And he caught out a couple in our church. They had been trying to have a baby for years and could not have a baby. And he calls them up. They were sitting right over there. and, And I'm wondering, what's he gonna say? He doesn't even know them. And he said, you're trying to have a baby. I'm like, whoa, I believe in these things, but whoa, when they happen, it's like, whoa. And, 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 and then he told him, you're going to have a baby soon. Get ready. And prayed a lot of things over them. And, and then about 10 months later, uh, you know, she's, she's pregnant. And uh, she gave me a card. I was going to a minister's conference. I was going to see him. She said, can you give this to him? I said, sure. And, but he pulled other people out too. And I knew what they were struggling with and it was like God showed him. But he didn't embarrass anybody. He just spoke into their life. So we're doing another one in January if you're hungry for that atmosphere. Or it might be the first weekend in February, but the beginning of next year. And I encourage you, listen for the announcements. You're gonna absolutely love it. So you say, well, what do I do if I'm really hungry, right, uh, for these things? First 1 Corinthians 14.1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Now, here's what I learned. Whenever the Bible tells us to do something, eagerly desire. That means that if you don't do what the Bible says, you won't get what he's talking about. So if you would have spiritual gifts working in your life no matter what, he would never tell you to eagerly desire them. But if he's telling us to eagerly desire them, it means they're not going to work if we don't eagerly desire them. So I like to look at desire like a wall switch. You've heard me say it before for anything supernatural. And we have all this electric power coming into our house, and then there's a switch on the wall, you know, a light switch. And if it's off, the power hits, and it just can't turn the light on. But if you switch it on... Boom, the light comes on. And God's saying, you and I need to desire these things in order to see them. Remember my testimony? God, I want this. I want this, God, I want this. And I learned in my life, if I stop desiring, because life becomes busy, right, uh, they shut down. And if I begin to desire them, they, they go faster. And I begin to see them. So I want to encourage you to do that. And I have a great book for you. Ready, guys? Robert Morris, The God I Never Knew. And I share it anytime I talk about this subject, because it's a great introductory book. And here's his story real quick. Robert Morris uh, grew up in a church that said these things aren't for today, right? And then he went to a seminary and they taught him they weren't for today. And then he started the church and he told his church they're not for today. Then the Holy Spirit fell on him and he was filled like I was. And then he thought, he lived in it a while. He thought, let me write a book. This is the God I never knew, the Holy Spirit, right? And it is so good because he's very popular. He's on TV. You can, you can watch him. Uh, But he just does such a great job with it. So if you're hungry for more, Pastor Bill has a connect group. He goes through this. One's online, one's in person. And he's halfway through right now, but the next time we do it. And guys, here's what I'm trying to do right at this moment. Make you aware that there's power on the other side. And it's amazing. And I, I want you to just, if you didn't know about it, I want you to begin to hunger for it, right? Come out to some of the meetings we'll have where you can experience it in, in an awesome way. Get into some of the prayer groups, the connect groups, where you can experience it more. And I don't know about you, but I had a great time. And uh, can you still say, I'm not weird, right? Hey, he's not weird. But guys, can, can we, can we thank God for the Holy Spirit? Can we just give it up for the Holy Spirit say, thank you, God? Thank you for what you do by the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this amazing part of the Bible. We thank you for your power. And Lord, right now, some people listening to my voice uh, online, here in the room, maybe in the future on TV, Lord, uh, they realized, oh, I'm dabbling in some things that aren't of God. So Lord, right now, I'm just gonna just help them. Guys, if that's you, just whisper a prayer, say, God, I'm going to walk away from that. I'm going to toss that thing away. Just let God know you're going to walk away. But at the same time, would you let God know, I'm going to begin to desire the real, the supernatural. Just let him know you want the supernatural. Thank you, Jesus. Can we stand in attitude of prayer? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening. You're not sure of your eternity. You're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or hell. We did the Lord's Supper. We talked about the cup and how he shed his life, gave his life, shed his blood so we can live. And right now, I'm not asking you if you grew up in a church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life where you prayed from your heart and you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven and I accept you as my savior? That's the good news. Jesus, God the Son, died so we can live. And he spent three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and God raised him from the grave, and he's alive. And whoever calls on his name, the Bible says God will save their souls. And So if you're listening, you say, you know what, I can't remember that day, but I'm ready right now. Would you pray with me right now? The rest of us, can we help them pray and just mean it from your heart if you're praying it the first time? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize... I was born sin-stained, and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins, and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God who died for the sins of the entire world, that God raised you from the grave, and you're alive, and I accept you this day as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. Amen, amen. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. You may not have filled it, but miracles happen. You know what else happened? The Bible teaches us that if one person prays this prayer on the entire planet, that God himself and all of heaven begins to celebrate because you've just become a child of God. We become a child of God by placing faith in Christ Jesus according to the book of Galatians. So you've just done that. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, I'm not gonna ask you to stand, not gonna ask you to get out of your seat But if you prayed that prayer, can you let me know? Can you let me know by just simply raising your hand? You say, Pastor Joe, that's me. And I want to congratulate those of you. I see your hands going up. Would you wave it? Our ushers are bringing you a free gift. It's a Bible. That's all we're going to do. Uh, Just wave it. They're looking for you. Say, hey, I raised my hand, but they didn't see me, or I should have raised my hand. And if you're online watching, hey, um, all you have to do is text the word believe to the number on the screen. We'll send you a free Bible. So we're going to look one more time. Pastor Joe, the rest of us are praying. I should have raised my hand. I didn't. Just wave it. They're looking, guys. They're doing their best. Congratulations to each and every one of you. We're so excited for you.